Project management is increasingly being demanded for public health and global health positions. But why is that the case? In this episode, we'll be going over all the reasons why a working knowledge of project management methodologies can help you become a better practitioner in the field. Let's dive into it. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Hey everyone, it's Gordon here, your host for this episode, along with my co-host LaShawn, and welcome to our project management series. You excited, LaShawn? I love talking about project management. Mm. So there's two components of the term project management. There's projects and then there's management. So if we start with projects, what are projects? What are some key characteristics of what defines something as a project? So I would say some of these key characteristics of what a project is, is it's a temporary endeavor by definition. And with that, it's used to create a unique product, service, or result. And so in what kind of situations would you, you know, even initiate a project? Mm. And I like what you said there too, before I get into that temporary. So Mm. what that means is a project has a defined start and end date. So if you think of just your practice of public health and global health, one Mm. of the most annoying things is when you feel like a project is just straggling on, you're in year two, and it's just like, what is this? What does it become? In project management, you have to define those endpoints clearly up front before you even start a project so you know when a project ends and then you can you can initiate the process of closing that project off to start another project. Starting and ending a project is not a bad thing. It allows you to assess the work that's been done and if there's a need to start another project to continue to fill those gaps that remain. So you don't have to continue ex- extending a project because it didn't solve all your problems. It still has to end but then you can start another project to continue to fill those gaps. Another one. Another one. What was your question again? So why, why do we start projects in the first place? Yeah, why do we start projects in the first place? Sometimes a project just comes about out of a legal need. So if the whatever government, whether it's federal, provincial, or local government implements some kind of law, perhaps your organization is going to be very affected by the law and then maybe you have to implement a project that creates those processes so that you're in compliance with that law. Mm, okay, makes sense. Is that that's a good one? What you have any ones yeah. that you can share? I think the one that is common for my line of work is being able to satisfy stakeholder requests or needs. So oftentimes in public health or global health, you are working with many different stakeholders. Maybe it's a specific population that has specific requests or needs, and maybe you have to help satisfy those needs through the delivery of a certain project, right? So what may, what what makes a project a project like we mentioned? It's able to create that unique product, service, or result. And that is defined in the process of 
you know, creating a project charter and all that stuff that we'll get into in a second. But having that clear definition of what this project will be about. And one of the most important ones as well that maybe has implications across a variety of different sectors is oftentimes you implement a project or you conceive a project in order to create, improve, or fix existing products, services, or processes, right? So if there is a need for quality improvement for, for you know, maybe your, their, the wait times or turnaround times for a particular service being offered is subpar and you're trying to envision ways to correct that, you could consider undertaking a project to solve that problem. Fair enough? That sounds fair to me. Okay. So project management. So we talked about the term projects. Now, what does project management actually mean? What are some of those key things that make project management what it is? So project management, based on how I understand it, is essentially the application of knowledge, skills, tools, and techniques in order to successfully implement a project from start to finish. Would you say there's anything missing from what I just said there? Obviously, it's more complicated when we get into the different processes and knowledge areas, but is there anything you would add to that? I think that's a pretty comprehensive definition. I think it encompasses those key elements of project management. And I think the part that we shouldn't forget is that the human aspect of it and, you know, talking about the different resources, whether they're physical resources or human resources, those are important elements of what project management is about. And the thing with projects and project management, the project management piece, so the managing of the project is to ensure that throughout the the project life cycle, we're remaining focused on achieving those strategic objectives. What are the goals of the project? Sometimes I'm sure a lot of people in their line of work start a project and then maybe two months, three months in, they sort of lose sight of why the project was started in the first place. The project management knowledge and skills around this is to ensure that we keep our eye on the prize. What value is this project aiming to bring and ensuring that you manage it in such a way so that we don't lose, tra- we don't lose track Excuse me, of what it's supposed to achieve. So would you say in public health and global health, losing sight of what the project's supposed to be is kind of one of those failures that often occur when managing a project? 100%. I've been in meetings myself where, and we'll talk about this in a subsequent episode about scope. So sometimes you scope a project. And what I mean by that is what are the parameters around the project? What are the set of activities that will be undertaken to move this project along? And a lot of times, if you lose sight of what the original goal is, you might throw in an activity in there, which has nothing to do with the the business value that it would contribute to. And then those projects tend to get off course and could potentially fail. Another reason a project might fail as well is maybe the right stakeholders are not at the table. So if there's a stakeholder who has a very uh, high uh, decision-making power and, and some interest in the project, they have the ability to to derail the progress that you make on the project and maybe end the project itself. So it's important to identify stakeholders at the beginning of the project, as well as throughout the project, as you continue to identify more stakeholders to ensure that they are included and the level and of engagement that you have with each stakeholder is depends on a variety of different factors, such as how interested they are, are in the project, as well as how much power they have over the outcome of the project. 
Yeah, I really like that. I think we all have to do a better job of identifying the stakeholders, understanding their engagement levels throughout the project. And I think it's easy at any the beginning of any project to be like, hey, I want to include this person, this person, this person. But, you know, remaining responsive and adaptive to some of the needs throughout the project is what you're getting at when you're saying we have to continually identify stakeholders throughout the project to understand and get their perspective to help benefit the overall project. Yeah. And LaShawn, we got deep into project management after finishing our MPH program. And Mm -hmm. what are some of those reasons why you decided to do it? Because traditionally, this is something that you hear about from a construction perspective. So like an infrastructure infrastructure perspective, you hear about it from an information technology perspective, computer science, engineering, but we typically don't bring those project management methodologies to public health or global health. So can you talk about what's covered in this and why you were excited to bring that to your work? So yeah, the reason I decided to bring that to my public health and global health toolkit was one of my first consulting roles involved me leading and supporting a grant that we had going on for around a quarter of a million dollars. And that entailed a lot of understanding what this project or program is going to be about, understanding the different stakeholders, understanding the budget and the costs related to the different resources that we needed, understanding the different, you know, communication channels of how we're going to, you know, roll out this project, the people we're going to work with, how we're going to coordinate and collaborate with them, and then aspects of how do we ensure the quality of our product, right? So these were things that weren't explicitly taught during an, a traditional MPH program. So when I got into that consulting position, I'm like, wow, there's something to be said about how to actually do things, how to do and get practical things done within organizations. So Gordon and I have had chats many times about project management, and we decided to pursue formal education in project management through the Project Management Institute. And this is especially interesting because when you look at some of the key areas of project management and what it actually covers, it's covering things that I just mentioned. So what is the scope of your project and how do you manage aspects of your scope? We're talking about things like time. It's so important. So the schedule. Projects usually have a defined timeline, right? It's not a permanent endeavor. It's a temporary endeavor. So understanding different timelines and what comes with understanding timelines. Where are your resources? When do you have to get specific things done? How do those all align in the calendar and understanding the different dependencies of different activities you have to complete in order to get that project completed? Then you get into things like cost, right? So if you're funded by an organization or donors, how do you manage the different cost elements? So doing estimates, determining budgets, um, and like allocating those resources accordingly. Then things like quality management. So how do you make sure that the product that you're putting out there or the service that you're putting out there makes sense, it works, it's of high quality? And it's especially important when you're working in public health and global health where the people that you're serving are real human beings. And we could get into the whole Theranos situation, which was Ooh. something else. But, you know, you can't, you can't BS in public mm. health 
or healthcare, right?、Oh, you cannot because there are huge outcomes and consequences. Don't get me、right? started on Theranos. We got to do a whole、yep. episode on Theranos. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, okay. Quality failure of quality. Exactly, and then so th- those are great things, right? And then you're talking about things that we all know in public health that are core to project management, like thinking about different resource constraints, talking about communication channels and communication systems, talking about risks in projects. So one of the things that we often forget in public health and global health is this idea of understanding risks. Understanding different issues that arise in a project and how to mitigate them, and having effective strategies to address things when they come up. And then you're talking about procurement. So maybe your organization doesn't have the capacity to create or do something specific. In that case, how do you understand and manage ideas around hiring people that have that expertise that will help you complete your project goal? And then finally, one of my favorite ones: stakeholder engagement. So identifying stakeholders, planning stakeholder management, doing a stakeholder analysis, and being able to manage the different people in your project, and making sure they're on board and they're on your side to make sure that the project goes more smoothly. So, anyways, in a nutshell, Gordon, I'm listing all these different areas that are core to project management, and I kind of associated them to different areas in public health and global health, just to show. Its importance and its relevancy, because when I was going through my MPH, I had no idea about these different areas and how it could be combined with the public health education to deliver added value. That was fantastic, and it almost seems like you know, maybe we should do a little episode on each of those knowledge areas that you mentioned, given that they、Absolutely. all have applications for public health practice. So that's a good, some good、mm-hmm. foreshadowing there.、Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. We have a public health platform, but at the same time, we're advocates for project management. So we're here to talk about specifically how we can use those methodologies to enhance public health practice. Of course. So I, one of the things I have always valued with project management is not so much what it allows me to do; it's about how much it makes me think and what kind of questions I ask when I'm doing a project. So, what sort of questions when someone comes to you with a problem, Lashan, and you put your project manager hat on? What are some of those questions that you're going to ask yourself before you even do anything? Yeah, I think that's an important thing too. It's like how to ask the right questions, and I think when you're shifting your perspective to more of that project manager, project management perspective, you're ultimately thinking about how benefits are realized for the organization. Okay, it's easy to think. You know, we all have our jobs, and we're working roles and responsibilities, really niche stuff. It's sometimes hard to remember the reason why you're doing these things. Ultimately, at an organization, the things you are doing should contribute to the goals, the mission, and the value of that organization, and benefit those organization in many ways. And if you're able to understand those benefits. From that organizational perspective, it adds a really neat layer in addition to kind of those roles and responsibilities you have on the ground to have these discussions with managers and higher level executives because it shows that you understand what's going on in the business environment. And I'll give you a hot take based on that. So one example of what you just described, right? So at PHI, if we decided to take on a project to maybe make. The process of producing podcast episodes easier, so maybe we the target was to cut it by fifty percent, for example, 
right? So that's our goal of why we're taking on the project. And then we do the project and instead we don't cut the time by 50%. We are able to create this new podcast series that everybody loves. That project would be a failure because it didn't accomplish the goal that it initially intended to achieve despite other positive benefits that it had. So that's important too, that it's not that you stumble upon a positive. The success of a project is defined by it meeting the pre-established goals when the project was initiated. So that's how you measure success of a project. That doesn't preclude from realizing benefits and positive risks that come from undertaking a project. Those are almost external things. The project itself in that situation would be unsuccessful. So I found that as a public health practitioner, this thinking allows me to know the importance of being able to tie work to the benefits that something gives in the end. Yeah. You like that? I like You're speechless. That. You don't often yeah. get speechless. Yeah, no, that was good, yeah. right? You want, at the end of the day, it's really important to just understand what you're doing and the reason you're doing it and how it benefits the organization that you're serving. Because at the end of the day, you might have really great ideas and all that stuff, but it needs to align with some of these organizational vi visions, right. missions, and goals, right. right? And you're not saying, like, if the project, so you're working in an organization, and if the project is maybe more collaborative where it wants a more positive external result, that's fine too, but that's in line with the organization's mission to do that. But if the project's goal is for the benefits to be realized internally and it doesn't work out that way, then the project did not succeed. Another important thing that I wanted to bring up to LaShawn is how it, important it is to identify factors that might influence the success of our project. So what questions are you asking yourself in that regard? So there are multiple ways to tackle that question. And there's so many different factors that could influence any given project. And I like breaking it down to a couple of things. So the first are internal environmental factors. Okay. And the second would be external environmental factors. Mm, okay. Explain. Okay. When we're talking about internal environmental factors, we're talking about things that can have favorable or unfavorable impacts on any given project. So when we're talking about internal, we're talking about organizational culture, structure, governance. We're talking about if it's a big organization, where geographically these facilities are placed and how the resources are allocated. We're talking about the different infrastructures that this organization has and services. We're talking about the different resources available. We're talking about their, the employee capacity and capabilities. So those are some of the things that can affect your ability internally to have a successful project. What are what are some of these examples of external environmental factors, Gordon? One great example of an external factor, and it's sort of related to the what we talked about around the project initiation context, meaning the reasons why you maybe start a project in the first place is regulations and legislation. So the very reason you might start a project is the same reason that might influence your project negatively or positively. So if you started a project, maybe it goes on too long, and then the rules and regulations change again, that could ultimately mean that your project 
doesn't go to completion and it ends up being a failure because what you're working on in terms of compliance is no longer where uh, the legislation is. So that is a very important external factor as well. And of course, stakeholders outside of the organization can absolutely influence the project as well. And when we're talking about external environmental factors, we're also talking about, again, like you said, there are different legal restrictions. You want to talk about the different marketplace conditions. So are there specific competitors in your field that are dictating marketplace conditions that force you to make certain changes with your organization to remain competitive? In light of new academic research, has that shifted what the gold standard of how you do things effectively goes about? Any, like Gordon said, any government or industry standards that come about, the ongoing changes that are happening outside of these organizations or enterprises, they have an impact on some of the work you can you can be doing. Mm. And it sounds like new things can pop up every time. So it's not a one-time thing that you do at the start. It's something you have to be constantly aware of that you're able to better make decisions throughout the project, whether to continue, whether to change, whether to end it. And those are some of the decisions that a project manager is wrestling with on a daily basis. Another important question to ask yourself, and we'll end it with this, is, is there something else other than the project that you can do to achieve the same goal? That's a very big question you have to ask yourself. So I say, LaShawn, I'm having an issue with this and this process. I need. I think we need to do a project that does this and this and this. LaShawn is probably going to say, hey, other than doing this project, what are, what are other options you know, that might not be as resource intensive, that could still accomplish the same goal. And that's, that's a project manager type question to ask before starting a project. Anything to say on that, LaShawn? Again, when we're talking about projects, there's one point to consider as well, right? Projects can be very small, or they can be very big, right? And it's your job as someone who has this knowledge in project management to understand Given your resource constraints, given these monetary time constraints and the capacity of your organization, does it make sense to pursue that specific venture through this project? That's a question you have to understand. And to understand that, you have to understand these different external environmental factors and these internal environmental factors. And again, relate that back to your organizational goals, missions, mandates. So this was our masterclass, if you will, or project management 101. And this was LaShawn and Gordon, your favorite public health and project management professionals, signing off. See you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.